say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking face the Grace Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. Okay, then. I, I feel like uh, this is the theme of the week. Like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening at all. Man, not a lot going on today. And then it, it's getting more and more condensed into, like, the four minutes before the show starts. Like, 7,000 things happen all at once. So, uh, what were we going to talk about to start the show? I, I don't know. Things... Things have happened. Things keep happening. They they happen ceaselessly, and we shall talk about them all. I feel like a lot of stuff just all happens within uh, since the time that Jim Beheim uh, rung in to Orange Nation at one thirty. Uh, yeah, Jim knows how the radio works. He knows how to tune into the programs. Hey, Coach, if you're listening. But, uh, you know, I, that was... A lot of good insight there from Coach on the present of the team, the future of the team, his thoughts on future of his career or what, what is to come after, or maybe more importantly, that not not everything needs to be planned out like uh, the blueprint of a skyscraper. Like the, the world ain't going to tip over if we don't know who's coaching the Orange basketball team in 2028 right now. But we'll, we'll get into... Uh, some of Jim's thoughts from uh, just a few minutes ago here in a second, but uh, we'll, we'll start today. You know, th- this is what we have now. A- every time that we start the show this week, we have... More breaking news. This just in. It's not actually Syracuse football related today. We are 24 hours since something has happened with the Syracuse football program. Uh, here to report, nothing else has happened. What's happened? Nothing. Which is breaking news in itself, the way uh, they've been operating over the course of the last week, where things seem to be happening by the minute. Uh, watch watch something literally happened a minute ago that we missed. The, the most current breaking news out of the Syracuse University Athletic Department uh, coming out within the last few minutes is that uh, the Orange have gained one national championship head coach this week and that Ian McIntyre is now a national championship head coach. And just now this afternoon, the most recent national championship head coach before Monday has announced her retirement. Edge Bradley stepping aside after 16 years in charge of the Orange field hockey program. Gain a champ, lose a champ. One in, he was here, but into a national championship coaching office. And uh, one is out in Ange Bradley. 16 years, national championship in 2015, the same weekend that cross-country won the national championship. Cross-country ran really fast on Saturday. Field hockey played really well on a Sunday, and both came home with titles that week. That was a very... um, That was a crazy weekend. A crazy week. Literally... That was going back in the time capsule seven years ago. In three consecutive days, these three things all happened. National championship on a Saturday with cross country. National championship with field hockey on a Sunday. Monday, Scott Schaefer was fired. That was three days in a row. 
So um, nothing quite like that this week yet. Week is young still on a Thursday at 2 in the afternoon. Uh, but on Monday, a soccer national championship uh, for the Orange. Today, on Thursday, a national championship head coach has uh, called it a career. Retiring is Ange. Not entirely certain how old she is. I was going to guess mid-50s, but I suppose I don't need to guess. I could look it up, but it literally just happened where we got to do some Googling and whatnot. But Ange, uh, 16 years in, uh, basically took a field hockey program that had never been a thing on the national level. In her second year, went to the Final Four and basically maintained that level, give or take, for the next 15 years. Most recently this year, they bowed out in the national quarterfinals. So uh, a salute to Ange on uh, a great career. Theirs has been a talk about the transfer portal. Theirs, though, has been a program that the uh, transfer portal has been very active out of Syracuse in the last handful of years. Very active out. And uh, it's very interesting now. You, you, you think, well, John Wildhack's only been here for a minute. It feels like it's obviously been longer than that. He's been the athletic director at Syracuse since the fall of 2016 now. But this, this is kind of wild. Head coaches at Syracuse University by tenure, a.k.a. by who hired them. Jim Beheim, he's been here a minute, the athletic director when he was hired, uh, Lou Andreas. Jay Krauthammel, we know he was the AD for a long, long time. There's only one coach remaining in Syracuse that was hired by Jake, that is men's rowing coach Dave Reichman. Daryl Gross, he was here for a while after Jake. Now Ian McIntyre is the only uh, remaining coach at Syracuse that was Hired by Daryl Gross, and he just won the national championship the other day. He was responsible, uh, Daryl was, for the hiring of Ange Bradley, who's now retired. Uh, Chris Fox also is a national championship head coach as well. Mark Coyle, who the Orange will be seeing down at the Binstripe Bowl in a few weeks, hired Dino. And uh, technically, every other coach now on staff and whomever is going to end up being hired by the field hockey team will have been hired by John Wildhack. Gary Gates kind of like the Gary Gary always stands out by himself, doesn't he? That's just uh, the nature of his uh, career and just impact on the sport of lacrosse. He he stands alone. He was uh, both hired by Daryl, technically hired by John Wildhack, but he's just kind of been here all along, hasn't he? But uh, it's funny how the time passes. So a little a little breaking news, breaking news to start the show. Updates on the twos, weather on the sixes. There's going to be some weather today. Has the snow started yet? I don't know. We got to keep the blinds closed in here. Anyway, you know, I'm just sitting here, you know, getting ready for the show all day, doing this, doing that, doing whatever, doing doing the things one does about the day. Saying, okay, what what's going on today? I'll talk a little, I think a little Syracuse basketball to start the show. You know, Cornell's coming up. You know, Cornell's coming up on Saturday. They're scoring a lot of points. Uh, Donna Detota had a lovely article on Syracuse.com this morning. About how Cornell kind of revamped their whole system uh, during COVID to play, uh, going from playing really, really slow to playing really, really fast. Uh, their head coach Brian Earl was just on Orange Nation uh, about an hour ago. Maybe if we get time today, we'll uh, listen back to a little of that. Oh, well, that's a thing. You know, we talk a little basketball. Get ready for the weekend. Jim Beheim always has something to say. Maybe we'll hear a little bit of what he has to say. 
and then Kablawi. Lots lots of stuff happens, but we'll hear uh, hear from uh, Jim as well as uh, we roll along throughout the show. But uh, a little field hockey news. Was not expecting to start the show today with a little bit of field hockey uh, news, but that's the push we talk about. You know, in uh, quote unquote modern times. Let's go back to uh, nineteen seventy three. That's when the NCAA split things up into three divisions, and Syracuse is officially in Division One for everything. The Orange have won now a uh, fifteen team national title since that point. Eleven in men's lacrosse. And uh, one each in uh, men's basketball, uh, men's cross country, field hockey, and now men's soccer as of Monday. So, and if you add all of that up, that there is six coaches responsible for those championships. Jim Beheim, obviously, uh, being one of them. Ian McIntyre, who's been on uh, many of these airways over the course of the week, is the most recent. Uh, to the club. Chris Fox was the head coach of the cross-country national championship team in 2015. He's He's gone pro and now coaching uh, the Reebok uh, version of a professional track team that uh, Justin Knight runs for. The lacrosse national championships, Roy Simmons Jr., John Desco, of course, and the sixth, Ange Bradley. So it's a very exclusive club to have coached a national championship team at Syracuse in uh, modern times. And uh, one of them announcing her retirement today in Ange Bradley and uh, that coming down uh, within the the last half hour or so. So wishing her the best, and we shall see how the uh, coaching search goes for her replacement. So a couple of coaching searches uh, take a minute. Uh, Last year, ice hockey and the volleyball one dragged on into the summer uh, last year. Field hockey season, I mean, not that it starts tomorrow, but they, they don't waste time in the summer. Like, they get going with games that count pretty early in the month of August. So uh, not that it's that long right now since the field hockey season ended. We're sitting a mm, little less than a month ago from when their season came to an end in the middle of November. But, you know, these things, uh, the world churns fast. And it's not just football. Like, I know we've been talking about football and movement and players in and players out and transfer portals and all this stuff. Well, that is, that is busy happening in all the other sports. It is just less known to the outside world. The portal will be open for everybody from the fall sports season. That was not the football portal open. That was the portal opening. People are in. People are out. Where are they going? Well, now the Orange have a fall sports team. Portal action. Need a new head coach. And we shall see where that all heads in the future. But uh, field hockey has been uh, one of the gold standard programs of the athletic department for the last uh, 15 years. Multiple Final Fours, multiple conference championships in the Big East and the ACC. Just this past year into the Final Eight of the NCAA Tournament and uh, now in need of a new coach going forward. So we shall see how uh, that uh, progresses here over the coming uh, weeks and months and what the future of that program will be. Have they peaked? Is there still room uh, to continue and grow? North Carolina in the Orange League in field hockey has uh, been the dominant program. They've been one of the best players of all time on their team recently. They just played five years of uh, college field hockey in Aaron Madsen, and they just keep winning titles and titles. She's finally gone, so maybe there's room to actually go uh, win some of these things now. But it's amazing how fast things churn. You win a national championship in one sport on a Monday, and by Thursday, the national championship head coach of another team in the building has uh, announced her retirement just uh, not even four days later. Not even three days later. As the world turns, always something. It is always 
uh, something. The, the one thing I'm certain of, I am certain of this, famous final words this week, there will be a basketball game at 3 o'clock on Saturday in the Dome. Syracuse will be playing Cornell in college basketball, and we will be looking forward uh, to that. So let's uh, let's get a break here so we can come back and hear a little bit from uh, Jim Beheim. And uh, while I say there will be a game, the stuff we're going to be hearing about from Jim Beheim has uh, little to do with the specifics of the game himself, but uh, some very interesting thoughts uh, from Jim in uh, regards to, uh, A, the future of the program, and uh, B, what the recruiting world is like nowadays. Recruiting, and you think of recruiting, you know, getting high school kids. Expand that wider. What the stocking your roster world of the college basketball world is uh, nowadays. And what, what it all means. What does it all mean? Interesting thoughts from Jim Beheim when we come back here on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. It's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. All right, rolling along here on the uh, program. It is uh, Christmas bump music uh, season on the show. Uh, pardon me for um, mixing up my order of operations and athletic directors, but uh, shout out to Les Dye. He was the one that hired Jim Beheim, not Lou Andreas. That would have made uh, Lou pretty old uh, at that point if he was still here in the uh, late 70s in uh, 1976. But, you know, there's a lot going on with that hiring, too. You know, Jim was uh, all set to head on off to the University of Rochester, and uh, here we are 47 years later. That's uh, worked out pretty well. Pretty well, I dare say. Uh, with that, let's uh, move along and hear a little bit from the guy he hired, Jim Beheim. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel of Beheim. So, just to recap the last uh, hour and a half or so on these airwaves, uh, you know, we hear from Pat from Syracuse all the time during a uh, basketball season, and uh, he has been uh, exceedingly curious about the succession plan for one uh, James Beheim over the last, um, I don't know, very long time. So, you know, Jim uh, calls in, as he does on a Thursday, and... Um, Heard Pat on the air earlier and had some thoughts. Had some thoughts. Here are those thoughts on that from Jim. Right, let me ask you two guys a question. What was the plan for coaching at North Carolina? That's that's what I said, yeah. Coach. That was my exact What was the plan reason. at Alabama? Yeah, what's, what was what's the, the plan, plan at Florida at State? UCLA? Yeah. What was the plan at Illinois? The point is there is no plan at all of those schools. There never was. And everybody, Pat calls about this plan like he needs to know. Really? What does he need to know for? I don't think he's even a season ticket holder. I, I can't speak to uh, Pat's uh, ticket purchasing or not. Uh, but, uh, you know, and it, it is a good question, not what Pat needs to know for, what I need to know for, what any of us else needs to know for. And, and we're going to get into what Jim thinks about recruiting. Like in years past, many years past, you had to worry about 
college recruits say, okay, who am I going to play for in my college career? And when I say that, I mean for the next four years. Are you going to be my coach for four years? That is, for some people, that's still a concern. And for a lower level, like at the Ivy League level, Syracuse playing Cornell on Saturday, that would be a legitimate concern for players. You're going to the Ivy League to get an Ivy League degree. You want to play basketball, you're good at basketball. You're not ACC good, but you're pretty good. Who are you going to play for? Like You've made the decision to go to the Ivy League, but that doesn't mean you don't want to know who your coach is going to be for four years, which is probably how long you're going to be there. If you decide to go to an Ivy League school, the odds are you're not transferring out because of lack of PT. But if you go to Syracuse or a lot of other schools, it used to be a four-year decision. Where are you going to school? Oh, yeah? What you studying? What you doing? Four years. No. In basketball now, and really in any sport now, it is a series of one-year decisions. Or at least a couple of one-year decisions when you get the one free transfer. Which means, for the most part, recruits are not getting as caught up, at least in my line of thinking, of who is going to be the head coach of their junior year. They want to know what's going to happen for me right now. Am I going to play right now? Who's coaching me next year? And if I don't like that, I can go somewhere else the year after. And we'll see. Six freshmen this year. Obviously, not all of them are going to play a whole ton as the course of the season goes along. I think that's pretty clear at the moment. I don't know how many of them expected to play a whole ton this year or not. If it was all of them, some of them, or none. It's clearly more than none. And the transfer portal will make that extremely evident by the time the season comes to an end. But it brings up the question, you know, you're a coach like Jim Bayheim. He's going to retire sometime probably. All, you know, everyone does, right? And we've just seen two cases in the ACC there was pomp, circumstance, and a whole year of Coach K leaving. The year before, Roy Williams just left. Season was over. Then Roy was gone. Those are the two blue blood, blue blood programs, he said, in the league. They both did it completely different ways. And last year, both of them were in the Final Four. So is there a right answer to the question? Who knows? But here is uh, Jim on the idea of, okay, this is a new era. What is it like to restock your roster in this era? We needed a good recruiting year. I told them I coached them this year. All of them. And they all came. We got a top 15, 16, whatever we want to put it, class. Um, I think it's even better than that, but it's a really good class. And uh, they knew the plan. I'm going to coach them this year. So, um, you know, uh, everybody keeps talking about this year. We were never going to get recruits this year, probably. Freshmen are not going to come in when you have six freshmen. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, they have both kids we really wanted. Said, you know, you do, you know they, they, they never said this, but one was a guard. We have four guards that could come back. You know, one was a center. We have three centers that could come back. Why would you go there? And we were close to get them, but it was that was a deciding factor. 
The other thing is you have to understand in today's world, two years ago we had to remake the roster. This year we had to remake the roster. After this season, we might have to remake the roster because guys are leaving. It's a year-to-year thing. There's no longer, like if I wanted to set this program right and, and this was 20 years ago, I could leave now or next year and we'd be in great shape because you'd have six, seven young players. But that's just not the case anymore. And it is just so interesting because it's amazing how fast it's changed. Like, the way this worked was one way for a really long time. And the change was as slow as you'd like. Go back to, you know, the late 60s, early 70s. Okay, freshmen can't play. Then freshmen could play. And then for a very long time, like leaving even a year early was shocking. Oh, man, he's going early to the draft. I mean, think back to last Saturday in the Dome. Syracuse, Georgetown. Patrick Ewing coaching the other team. Patrick Ewing. Seven foot two, menace Patrick Ewing. If you had a shot, he blocked it. Dominant college force. And he didn't grow into a dominant college force. He was dominant as a freshman. In this day and age, now it's possible Pat might have still gone to college in this day and age now that you can one and done again. Maybe like his recruiting thing kind of blew up toward the end in high school. And then it got really big, but it it wasn't like that from when he was 14 or 12. It blew up late. But there's almost a 100% chance in these day and age he would have never seen a sophomore year in college. He played four years in college. Four. Georgetown won the national title his senior year. That would never happen today. Never. So that starts changing, and then... Okay, he's played three years. You know, the Pearl was right then. He played three years. Like, Pearl Washington leaving after three years of school back then, that was kind of a bit of a, oh, really? You can do that. And then, you know, it goes on. Billy Owens. Derek Holman played four years. Billy Owens played three. And then, you know, on and on and on. We've seen the one-and-dones here and the plethora of one-and-dones elsewhere. It's a whole different world. A whole different world. Now the transfer portal, like, it has really changed in how you stock a roster. And... All these guys, all of the top guys, all of the top guys think they're that guy. They're obviously not all right. But all of the top, top recruits are not game planning for who's going to coach them their sophomore year in college because they ain't going to be there in their mind when they're making that decision. They're going to be in the NBA then. They don't care who their coach is going to be in their sophomore year in college because that is not a thing that applies to them. I'm talking about the top, top guys. We'll see how many of that applies to in the this year's freshman class of the R and six. Obviously, there's one it might. And then how it impacts the others going forward. Interesting questions, interesting times, and interesting thoughts. Uh, less than an hour ago on these airways from one Jim Beheim. With that, we'll take a break. Have we told you this week the soccer team won the national championship? Has that come up? You know, they got a guy that starts on their team. Where's he from? Right here, Liverpool. He sounds like he's from over there, but he's from right here. Georgio Kovchevsky. He'll be joining us when we come back. National champion Georgio Kovchevsky will be joining us when we come back right after this on QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio. Can we review our status here, Si? Let's look at this thing from a, uh, from a uh, standpoint of status. Can't go back. 
Across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Halfway home, here's what's happened so far. All right, things have happened, people. A lot of stuff happens within a half hour of the start of the show today. Uh, we got to hear from Jim Beheim from Orange Nation uh, that hour explaining that uh, the designed layout of his future as head coach, not a big deal. Certainly in regards to the effective recruiting. It's a year-by-year business now. Day-to-day, then again. Aren't we all? We uh, told you that a national championship head coach has retired from Syracuse. It's it's still not Jim Beha. Edge Bradley, the national championship, 2015 national championship field hockey winning head coach, officially announced her retirement after 16 years earlier uh, today. She had been the most recent national championship winning head coach on the Hill up until uh, Monday at right about 9 o'clock. Now it is Ian McIntyre. Much more British than Ange, who is not British at all. Her team also international in a lot of ways, like the uh, soccer team was. Uh, field hockey recruiting is very peculiar. You either need to get like your team from about three counties in Pennsylvania or from the Netherlands and Germany. So, you know, that's how you build a championship field hockey team. If you're uh, wondering about that, if you're looking to apply to John Wildhack to be the next field hockey head coach at Syracuse University. It's a very biased sport against left-handers, that field hockey. No left-handed field hockey sticks. Why? I have no idea. I've never gotten a, never gotten a clear answer on that one. One of these days, people... Like in hockey, ice hockey, you can curve your stick in either direction. Field hockey, the sticks are only made for the righty. Which uh, I feel everybody around here needs to know my idea. See, both at Syracuse, and I don't know if this happens at other places, both the field hockey and the ice hockey teams refer to themselves as the hockey team. Well, I say that's confusing. I've proposed this for years. We'll put this out here now. I think they need to have like an American gladiator style or something battle for hockey. The winner gets to be hockey and the loser is either ice hockey or field hockey. That's what I want to see. So far, it's just me. I haven't gotten anybody else on board with this plan. Nobody else could give a flip. But now I'm telling it to you, so maybe you can join me in my quest uh, to crown uh, the true hockey uh, here in town. And while we're at it, we can get field hockey to stop d- discriminating against left-handers. You know, while we're at it. But anyway, so that's what we've done so far. And we talked to Georgi Okachevsky, a nice young lad from uh, Liverpool who is now a national championship soccer player. Got the star on the shirt. 
And going to get the ring for the hands. Cool stuff for the guys that got it done Monday night in the dramatic penalty shootout. With that, phone lines are open at 437-7644-315-437-7644. We welcome in our friend Vito from Syracuse. Vito, what's going on today? Uh, yeah, I'm a little uh, riled up by this little squabble here between Bayheim and Pat. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know where to start here. So, first of all, I know Pat personally. Pat's been a 20-year season ticket holder. Um, he recently had to end that because he he refs basketball games, high school games. So a lot of us, uh, including myself, we, we can't be season ticket holders because it's a commitment. And, you know, I run a business and, and I work full time and it's just tough. But I go to a lot of the games and I'm a crazy fan. I went down to Houston by myself, could not find anybody to go with me. I flew down to Dallas and drove down to Houston by myself for the final four. I went to the final four in Atlanta. So it's not about us, though. I, I, I just want to set that aside kind of because I feel like Beheim is gaslighting the fans and insulting their intelligence by saying, why does Pat need to know? Pat clearly stated it's not about him. It's about the recruits needing to know. If you have a coach in flux, which everybody thinks he is, whether he likes to admit it or not, that puts the program in flux. And I know from what I hear that J.P. Estrella from – I, I can't remember if he's from uh, what state he's from. It was a Maine or something. He didn't come here because he doesn't know how long Bayheim's going to be here. That's what I've heard. Um, I'm sure there's other recruits like that. But whether Bayheim likes to admit it or not, that's the feeling of the program right now. If you go on the message boards and read what 90% of the messages are, what's, what's going on? What, I'm sure the other coaches for other programs are using it against us. I mean, look where we were. I mean, this is a unique situation that you I don't think we've ever seen in another program where there was a succession plan with Hopkins. All of a sudden, it gets blown up. Hopkins leaves town. And what, what, why did he end it? What, why did you end that? You know, why did he say, no, I'm going to continue? That, that was just the weirdest thing. I mean, it was all set in stone. Hopkins was the main recruiter. He was basically driving the bus. And now we're surprised that they're losing 13 to 15 games a year. I I don't think that's a coincidence. They're losing 13 to 15 games a year because they're getting their B, C, and D recruit options. How many times are they getting their A recruit options? Probably what, 10% of the time? I don't know what it is, Vito, but let let me ask you this, uh, the idea of it. and this is my thought process if it goes into it. You're right. Like, there there was a plan in place. And this is now, when was Hop supposed to take over? 2017, is that correct? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was like 18, 17, yeah. so, Okay, so this is five years ago now. And it got blo- you're right, it got blown up. I, I don't think anybody came out of that looking great just the way it went down. So are you in favor of having the same, like, do you, do you want to lay it out that way again? Like, have it stated out loud when it's gone gone that way once and blew up, or, or is it better to not say that out loud regardless of what's going on behind the scenes? So you're asking me if, if what's your question? Well, I'm saying, okay, so we've seen that. Like, it sounds like everybody, they want to know what Jim's doing. We, we, we need to know, the recruits, whatever. People need to know. Right, well, before right. there was an ironclad plan, whatever you want to call it, and it didn't happen. Like, is it better to say it out loud again with a chance it's not going to happen, or do you just not, not say something? Because the last time you well, said that out loud, it didn't happen. Right. That's the entire dilemma is like we're being gaslit left and right. It's like we're, they're saying we got a plan. We got a plan. 
But there's no point in saying that if you don't tell everyone what the plan is. The point is the recruits need to know what the plan is. So you you're, you have a secret plan. It, 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 it's so stupid that they're telling us that without telling us what it is, because the entire point of it is to tell us what it is, because it, it needs to be out there so that the recruits know. And when he said, why does Pat need to know? He's not a season ticket holder. Like that's, that's so ridiculous to even make that statement. It's not about Pat. And, and at that point, it's almost like you're insulting the call the fans intelligence. I just want to know, like, nobody hates the guy. Like we, we loved him. You know, he made the program. It's, it's just that you're at a point now where it's in flux and, and, and this program is suffering from it. There's no coincidence that we've gone from seven, eight, nine max losses, maybe 10 at the worst point every year to now, we're in the teens, and last year was the worst record in his 40-plus years there. So it, it's, you know, everything, it goes hand-in-hand hand with the, the fact that we don't know what's happening with him, and the, the recruits know, don't know. And like Pat said, you know, if I'm a dad and I got a 16-, 17-year-old kid, I, I, I'm going to want him to go where, you know, I know what the coaching situation is going to be. And then the whole thing you guys were talking about, you know, like the, the, with NIL and the portal and everything that, that even proves our point even more that, you know, like the, the kids that come here, they're three, four year guys. The, the ones that like, if you look at Deuce Chestnut in football, Syracuse is the type of program where they'll find a diamond in the rough and then he blows up and they'll lose him because of the portal. It's horrible. Syracuse will not get the four and five star guys. And then they find those diamonds in the rough. And because of the portal, they'll take off. And he's not, I don't even think Bayheim's doing a good job with the portal, to be honest with you. I mean, so, you know, they haven't recruited a good center in how many years and, and they got lucky with Jesse and they had, well, I, mean, I mean, they got lucky. You say they haven't recruited a good center. They have a good center right now. Where else do they get him? Right. But he was a project that you're, you're talking about someone that took, I mean, he was decent halfway, whatever, into his sophomore year. And then he left him on the bench. That's another story. But, uh, you know, he got good, you know, and we had him for a good full year starting last year, but I'm talking about guys like, uh, uh, the one that went to Duke, uh, Phil, and Estrella. We don't know how Estrella is going to be, but we're not, they're not getting their a option recruits is my point. And, and they're not even hitting the portal. Well, I'll tell you something though. This portal thing's got to go away. This, <laughs> you can, if you know, it's not going to go away. You can wish whatever you want, man. Like that's not going yeah. away. It's only going to get bigger. Like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, NIL I understand, but this portal thing is, is they're trying to keep up with professional sports and they're completely transforming college athletics with this portal thing. It, but, you know, I understand they got to get money to the kids and stuff for their likeness and all that. Mm-hmm. You can use the NIL for that. But this portal thing is so darn stupid. It's, you know, like Axe was saying yesterday, you could count on one hand how many transfers Syracuse had over a 10-year span. Now you can count on one hand over a week. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the, that's the world. You know, realistically, that should have been the rules all along. Like, be, forcing them into contracts that nobody else had to obey by was uh, was dumb from the beginning. I will agree with you. If you, you know, I know the point you were really annoyed about was the season ticket holder thing. I'll agree with you on that. Like, you, you do not have to be a season ticket holder to to care about the program and to have an oh, opinion about absolutely. the program. So I, I'll agree with you uh, completely on that, Vito. Hey, thanks for the call. Good to chat today. we, we got to keep it moving here, but uh, good to talk. You got it. Have a good day, guys. All right. That is uh, Vito in uh, Syracuse calling in. Boys with Pat. And I will say this for Pat. Uh, Vito mentioned this early. Um, local high school referee 
there is a significant shortage of that in the area. So any and not in this area, in any area. So anybody that's doing that and uh, helping the kids get out there and play their games, shout out to you, because there is not a lot of people uh, willing, able, and whatever to put in the time to do that. But you know, anyway, I will say this about it and the portal and this and that and the old thing, and people are all up in arms. Thank goodness people are still up in arms around here. The day people aren't up in arms around here, that is a way bigger problem <laughs> than anything we got going on uh, right now. It shows that people care about this program and uh, where it's going and where it's been and what it's going to be. Is it the same as it was? No. Can it be again? I don't know. I don't know. Like, we, we saw the height. Obviously, the 80s were great. And then there was the title, of course. And then a great even resurgence, I don't know what the right word was there, the end of the Big East when they had that great run there for a few years. And it's harder now for a lot of reasons. It's harder because of the portal. It's harder because players don't stay for four years. It's harder because players don't want to stay and develop. It's harder because the ACC is harder. It's harder because you're now playing 20 conference games. You are going to lose more games. There are a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons that it's harder now. Shouldn't Syracuse have a better record? Yeah. They should. Jim Bam said that. Like, no, nobody's happy when they missed the tournament last year. And nobody's happy they lost to Colgate or Bryant this year. It's not good. That's not Syracuse. That's not what we like and what we like to root for. But, man, I'll say this. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to argue about. It'll be fun to have the arguments and chat again coming up on Saturday when Syracuse and Cornell play in the Dome at 3 o'clock. Have you heard there's a post-game show? Vito calls the post-game show. Pat calls the post-game show. Lots of you call the post-game show. We'll be here for it. After the game, me and Devo, Burdick Lexus, Burdick BMW, the post-game show. We'll be here around uh, 5 o'clock taking your calls as per usual. With that, we take a break. The 4-1-1 in the 3-1-5. Josh will pop in for a bit in a few minutes at 3.30. Do you have gambling questions? We will be asking them of Julian Edlow. He is from DraftKings. That is what's coming up on the program today. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. 